This record is a message to young people. People under the age of 25. people to podcast season two uh episode two we recently uh went to new mexico in a three-part episode uh, episode one so if you haven't checked those out um they should be up in whatever podcast app you use um so i have been super busy recently and uh, i missed last week's episode so Sorry about that. I may for the summer uh, because my my season with my job and everything um, gets pretty busy around this time. So I may drop down to intermittent podcasts until the fall and winter roll around again, uh, depending on what I'm finding out there in the woods and how much brain space I have to think about uh, making podcast episodes. Um, So today, uh, it'll probably be a shorter episode, but I'm going to go through some things that I've been seeing out in the woods and things that I've been looking for. Uh, An update on the Collinsonia canadensis uh, stone root research that I was uh, awarded a grant for from the New England Botanical Club or Society. I have um, I put together a bunch of landowner letters that I sent out to um, abutters of known populations of this plant. So my my goal is to I, I suspect that this rare plant in Vermont actually is more widespread than we think it is. And so what I did was I got the information from the state um, about where these the known occurrences were happening. So there's 10 occurrences of this plant in Vermont. Um, and so I got all the current population landowner information I found every abutter for that landowner. So that's where I'm going to start. Uh, Found out who they were, found their addresses, and then sent them letters. And so I've had letters come back recently. Um, So I have about five or six... uh, I had five or six responses. I sent out about 35 letters. So we'll see what what happens with that, the rest of those. But those are starting to roll in, so I'll, I'll plan on doing site visits to scope for these plants um, probably in August or September 
I may do a pre pre visit in next month sometime if I have some space. So if anyone's local to Vermont and wants to come with me, uh, let me know, and I'd be happy to do that. Um, so that's a really cool, that's one of the plants that sort of, uh, you know, is on my favorites list, and I've never seen it in the wild in Vermont, but I've seen it in New York, uh, Massachusetts. It seems like it's everywhere in Massachusetts, and especially down in Virginia, North Carolina. They have this all over the place. So it should be interesting if I can find um, any new populations of that, and then those will go down as new element occurrences or EOs. And then all that data will be with the state and natural heritage program, and they can do whatever they want with it for future site visits. And, and maybe I find enough you know, populations of this. They'll probably be just added on to that current population, but... Um, if they are new populations, you know, maybe getting this, the number of occurrences above 10 and then where my funding sort of runs out, that might be a platform for, you know, maybe I do it again next year or the year after that and look at some new places. I have been trying to take the Native Plant Trust on their website. They have um, a, a mapping tool and you can actually, it's for all of New England it has all kinds of uh, information in there about um, different habitat types. And so you can look at exactly where you live and then see what that habitat type is. So I've also been, you know, looking at those. It's very colorful. So there's, it's very hard to tell different shades of things. And some of them are very similar. But trying to find out where like three or four of those different habitat types interact for that species and where it occurs, the, the known occurrences of them and then taking those four criteria that it's sort of interact intersecting at taking that and then uh you know looking elsewhere in the map to find out um where potential populations of this plant could be occurring so i haven't dug into that too much i've been sort of waiting for uh the landowner letters to come back so i might do that fairly recent fairly soon to like you know, see if there's anything that I'm missing. And I'm really only paying attention to the four counties. So in southern Vermont, Rutland County, Windsor County, Wyndham, and Bennington, um, because those are the closest for me. So anything up, there are some known populations a little bit further north, but I've been ignoring those for the, the scope of my research. Um, speaking of uh, endangered plants, I recently... Um, I went over to, I was doing some site visits for my current job and I was visiting a site in Cornish, New Hampshire, which was somewhere that I went and did some invasive work in 2019 and it had swallowwort, um, all over the place in sort of a, there's a little wetland behind the residence which had swallowwort all in the understory and then um common buckthorn growing up sort of in the the mid overstory among other aspen and um what else was in there birch trees white birch trees but so i was doing a site visit here to just figure out you know if we were going to do a follow-up come back and do some more work 
and I was walking around this little section that we had worked in uh, three years ago, and I just this thing caught caught my eye, and I looked over and there was um, growing up on this little sort of rock outcrop, uh, you know, twenty five feet off the trail, a little woods road that runs through this parcel. Um, I looked over and there was uh, Cyperpedium parviflorum, which is yellow lady slipper, and I have I have never seen that uh, in the wild. I've seen it in gardens, um, but it was uh, striking. And so I I went over and did a little video on it. If you if you don't know, I'm on uh, Instagram as plants.r.people.2. You can go in there and see a video of it, um, among other things. But so I, I knew that this particular plant was uh, rare in, in Vermont, at least. And I, I didn't really know its ranking in New Hampshire. But um, and then I learned a little bit more about this plant. So I'll share that with you. So the yellow lady slipper. Um, it looks just like a pink lady slipper, except it has, uh, you know, the labellum, the flower part is yellow. Um, and then the, but in the, the leaves are a little different. Pink lady slippers have sort of two leaves, two strappy (coughs) sort of oval long leaves that, um, there's two of them. And then this one has, uh, a lot more leaves and, they're sort of <clears throat> um, alternate, and they extend. They're sort of sessile to the stem, so they sort of wrap around the stem a little bit, and they're alternate going up the stem. So you, instead of having two leaves, you sort of have three or four. Um, and then if it's in flower, it's a really easy, easy ID. But as you dig down into this, there's three subspecies and there's three variations similar to I don't know if we talked about the um, white morph of the red trillium but I can talk about that in a second Um, so in New Hampshire there's a variation called Mackison which is extremely rare uh, a variation of Parviflorum um, that doesn't occur in New Hampshire or Vermont so that's in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island, and Massachusetts and Rhode Island is considered historical. It's unranked in Connecticut, which probably means it's fairly common. And then variation pubescens, which is what I think I found in in New Hampshire, um, and it's a rare plant. So the rare um, designation is a species with low population levels at risk of becoming threatened. So um, so what I did was I found the plant, took a bunch of pictures. There was about seven or eight individuals sort of all grouped together under some buckthorn that we had cut three years ago. And I, I didn't notice it three years ago, so I wonder if um, we would have been there early in the season. And, you know, maybe sometimes I might have just missed it and it was there and I happened to notice it this time. Um, so I went and talked to the landowner, explained to him that, you know, what I found and sort of what it means and 
that it was a rare plant. Um, and so I asked him if he would be okay with me, you know, giving that information to the state of New Hampshire and then sort of explained what would happen down the road in terms of surveys and seed collections and stuff like that later on potentially. Um, so he seemed okay with that and I filled out a rare plant reporting form for New Hampshire, sent it out to them. And then a couple days later, um, they sent me back an email and I'll read you what it says there. Um, second so he said hi Tom this is a great find we have no known occurrences for this species uh, in the area where I found it and it would definitely be a new EO I think we have all the information we need based on your form uh, but I'll let you know if we need anything thanks for sending in the record so um, you know what happened here was that um, they're going to take that information and, you know, I'm, I already know the landowner and got permission from them to send that stuff out. So it's going to be really easy for them to do a site survey because they're, uh, interested in their property and, you know, having that rare plant there, which is, you know, the way I would feel about it. And I was super excited to find that. So that's, that's another, uh, another one added to my list and another sort of, you know, I think about people being out in the woods and, you know, walking somewhere where maybe someone hasn't been in a while and the conditions were right that year and you have plants that are coming up, um, you know, taking pictures of things that seem different to you or strange and, you know, sending them to somebody who knows what it is or who can figure out what it is and then help you ID it and then, you know, reporting that stuff to the people who sort of take care of uh, the information on those plants and those records uh, is really useful. So if you are listening to this podcast, I, I imagine that you're into plants and um, it might be cool for you to find plants like this. So um, always have your a phone on you with a camera or have some ability to um, save that information that you find there and then if you can you know if you're really interested in figuring out what it is send it to somebody you could send it to me I'll, I'll look at it for you um, Native Plant Trust would ID stuff for you there's all kinds of tools out there and, and GoBotany is their tool um, so a really cool find uh, last week the week before that I was sort of looking into um, I don't know if I I probably didn't talk about this but uh, let me see trilliums um, down the road from me there's this is a similar story you know I found uh, walking along the road just I think it was last year or the year before I noticed that there was a white trillium growing on the side of the road and it wasn't it kind of looked like it was faded but it was too early in the season for the flowers to be sort of going past um and the shape of the flower there are white trilliums grandiflora or grandiflorum um and they have you know three petals but the white petals are really big and 
you almost wouldn't be able to tell that they were white trilliums, um, that species in veg because they're they have very similar leaves to what the red trillium leaves look like. And I saw the white trilliums uh, this spring down at Bennington. Found a wild population of that, lots of them, and growing right next to the red trilliums. But this one up the road for me uh, is not that species of white trillium. So it was confusing to find that. Uh, you know, it's it's like a a red trillium, but it's been taken all had, had all its color pulled out of it. And so I posted it on. Uh, I don't. I didn't post it years ago. I sort of go and find this plant every year because it's, it's pretty interesting. Um, and so I didn't know, I thought that it was a red trillium at the time. And so I just sort of looked it up that way and started reading some information about it. And, um, the information that I was going on was that this was a red trillium, but it was a variation, uh, called album, which is white. And so it's a Trillium erectum variation album. And the information that I read originally was uh, Trillium erectum normally has dark to red, purple petals. However, range-wide, this species shows white, yellow, green, and paler red forms. None of these variants have been named within Trillium erectum, save for variation album, which was named from plants in the mountains of the Carolinas, and at least in part may represent introgrescence with T flexipides uh, because variation album in the Carolinas may possess real genetic differences from typical Trillium erectum it may be it may deserve recognition at some rank however our New England plants of Trillium erectum with white petals are simply sporadic color morphs given that color forms are not provided formal recognition what has been called variation album in New England is here subsumed in the species and regarded as a form without formal rank. So, um, it sounds like the white form, the album form is genetically different than the one that I found here. And the one that I found here is just a colorless, um, form of the Trillium erectum that isn't actually rankable in terms of having its name so you i guess you would just say it's a white trillium erectum and and that it that's it but um so i've i think i've found another one of those at one point but i don't remember what it was but this one comes up every year um you can check out my instagram to see pictures of that it's really like uh it's almost like green yellow which is really interesting um, and, you know, I was obviously a little sad that it wasn't that variation, but, uh, not a big deal. And the other, I'm just looking through my iNaturalist to see, I just want to read you what somebody sent me, um, because I had put up, um, A little thing on iNaturalist, but as of April 2022, which was very recently, they're restricting 
the range of Trillium Erectum Variation album to Eastern Tennessee and Western North Carolina, citing the floor of Southeastern United States as an authority. The occasional white flower Trillium found throughout the range of the species is no longer included in in the Plants of the World online concept of the taxon. The following article explains this taxon in more detail. So I'll read this to you because it's pretty interesting. Uh, White-flowered red trillium is what they're calling it officially, is a species of flowering plant widely distributed across eastern North, Carolina, eastern North America. It is commonly called the red trillium based on the typical color of its petals, but other petal co colors are possible. In particular, two distinct taxa of the white-flowered red trillium have long been known. The name Trillium erectum variation album has been variously applied to one or more of these taxa. As of April 2022, Plants of the World Online, POWO, restricts the range of Trillium erectum to eastern Tennessee and western North Carolina. Um, in 1803, Andre Michaud Andre introduced the name Trillium rhomboidium to describe a form of Trillium erectum with black fruit in the high mountains of North Carolina. The specific epithet, rhomboidium, refers to the broadly rhombic leaves of this and other forms of Trillium erectum. Michaud also described Trillium rhomboidium variation album, a variety with a smaller flower and white petals. Based on Michaud's variety, Frederick Persch gave a similar description for Trillium erectum variation album in 1814. The word album means bright, dead white a reference to the variety's white petals, a distinctive feature noted by both Michaud and Persh. Um, John Kunkel Small raised Trillium Rhomboidium Variation Album to Species Rank in 1903. This description of Trillium Album added long anthers to the list of characters cited by Michaud while expanding the range of the taxon to include North Carolina, Tennessee, and Georgia. In 1917, R.R. Gates recognize the existence of two distinct forms of white-flowered red trillium. Um, so the current status is, today the names trillium album uh, are not widely recognized. On the other hand, trillium erectum variation album is well known but largely misunderstood. The confusion stems from the following treatment of the taxon and the flora of North America. Variety album is occasionally throughout the range stated above and is almost the only variety of Trillium erectum found at elevations less than 450 meters in western North Carolina in areas surrounding the Great Smoky Mountains, but occasionally white-flowered plants can occur in any population. So that's me. That's the, the flower that I'm seeing. Thus, the treatment of Trillium erectum variation album in FNA expands the original concept described by Michaud to include the occasional white-flowered red trillium found throughout the range of its species. In other words, FNA lumps the two distinct taxa recognized by Gates into a single taxon. Um, so those, you know, those little oddball things that you, you notice when you're out in the woods um, are the things that I'm talking about taking pictures of because I would have never, you know, if I had never seen that plant, I really wouldn't have ever known that there was a, a debate going on about a white form of a red trillium, um, white flowered red trillium. So, uh, good things to have on you, you know, um, camera and just record, record what you're seeing out there and take it home and figure it out. Um, 
other things that I've been seeing out there uh, that have been interesting, you know, all the Aquilegias flowering right now, the red columbines, those are really pretty. I did go looking for, I half-heartedly went looking for uh, Pedicularis canadensis on Monday. I was doing, I have a, a crew of people that I sort of teach plants to every year, so I went out and did a, you know, took 40 plant samples from the woods, and so I was sort of in the area where I knew Particularis was going to be. Um, it's sort of on this little island, but I didn't, I went down through there, and I didn't find that because I wasn't, I didn't really have time to look very hard, but I, while I was looking for other things, I found uh, Canada Burnett, which is a really, it was in, it's not flowering yet, but it was in, uh, in, uh, veg and I can the leaves on it are very particular they're sort of like they're sort of like thumbprints but along the edge of the thumbprint is um really sharp teeth and then at the where the petal um, I'm sorry where the stem touches the leaf it sort of bows in and like what a uh, a little dip there a little um downward curve concave along the stem um but the leaves are really uh distinctive and it's sanguisorba canadensis um in vermont this is a species that only occurs in windham county um and it's in the you know if you google this it's in the rose family, which is uh, very interesting. Once you look at the flowers, they're sort of a, a long, um, almost like what a devil's bit would look like, if you're familiar with that. It's sort of a long cone of flowers. And then all around it is the, uh, they're white and they're, they're tiny. Um, you know, the inflorescence itself is pretty big, but once you start looking at the flowers, they're uh, they're all along this conical stem, and they, they they're really pretty. And they're you know I, when I learned about this, it was um, I was looking for other things, and then somebody pointed it out to me. But it is a oh, it's a rare plant now in Vermont. So um, there's another one that I found recently, and I'm sure that. Nobody really said anything about it, so I'm sure that this is, uh, I should probably obscure my data on iNaturalist for that one, but I don't know if that's like a really hunted plant, but in, in New England, um, you know, in Massachusetts, it's widespread, Maine, it's extremely rare, New Hampshire, it's uncommon, Rhode Island, it's extremely rare, and I was just walking along uh, a riverbank and found this so you know there are if you're paying attention and uh, you know out there looking at things hike a little slower and you, you will you will see start seeing some really cool um, plants out there also last week I took uh, you know I took my crew that I was just talking about took them up to um, we've been doing some work for Green Mountain National Forest and 
I found one of the biggest uh, American mountain ashes I have ever found in the woods. And it was, you know, wider than my hand, probably like one, one and a half times the size of my hand, which I've never seen one um, that big before. Growing up into, uh, you know, in a pretty mixed younger forest. Maybe the the forest was cut back in you know two thousand one or something, and all this sort of some of the region was pretty good, some of it wasn't. But this particular tree was pretty decent size and growing. You know, it was probably like thirty or forty feet tall, um, growing up into the overstory. And so that was really interesting to see out there. If you're uh, interested in that plant, they look very similar to what a sumac leaf would look like. Um, but they, and the, the bark can look similar to a sumac too, but they'll, they'll be bigger than, um, you know, at least taller than a regular sumac. But the leaves look a little different. But if you're not, they're kind of habitat-based for me. I really don't, they have kind of a sharper leaf edge too than the sumac does. More teeth in there. Um, and of course, there's non-native versions of this plant too. Um, and then I also found scurpoides, Equicinum scurpoides the other day in the biggest... Um, you know, population of that that I've ever found, and I found one down sort of on this little uh, floodplain in Springfield, um, and I thought it was going to be the only one. I thought it might be like a, a holdover from um, somewhere else that this, you know, the Equicetum scurpoides had been You know, it sort of like either came down with a storm or was there for some other reason. But then I started looking around and I started walking up this really steep slope. Um, and then I found it all over the place. There was a ton of it. And it doesn't have its dwarf um, scouring rush or dwarf horsetail. Um, it doesn't have any rank. It's uncommon in New Hampshire, uncommon in Massachusetts, extremely rare in Connecticut. Um, but it's really distinctive because the the plant is so small, um, and it kind of has these like squiggly stems uh, that come up, and so they have. It still has those nodes that you're used to seeing in Equisetum, but they're much smaller, and they sort of look like hair along the the forest floor. But these were growing on this really steep slope, uh, going up this hill in sort of like richer mud type area, um, a little darker. It was kind of hemlocky down in there. Um, but these are, you know, if you're looking to ID something like this, this is a really simple way to do that. Equisetums are pretty easy to, to pick out among um, everything else. Uh, so I'm going to probably keep it short today as we have a, a lot of things going on. 
but if you have any um, anything you'd like me to talk about if you yourself would like to come on the show and talk to me um, reach out send me an email uh, plantsforpeople2podcast at gmail.com I'm going to be having some hopefully here soon some really cool announcements um, about some new stuff that I'm working on uh, and some things that are going to be happening in the next like year or so so stay tuned for that uh, if you are enjoying the show share it with your friends uh, reviews are always good it helps me sort of get myself out there to some more people um, who I'm sure would love to learn about plants and if maybe they don't know that they want to learn about plants and we can <laughs> we can turn them on to that um, so I hope you guys are having a good Memorial Day weekend uh, reach out if you want to talk otherwise uh, I hope you have a nice day tomorrow and yeah we'll talk to you soon thanks for listening